the uh, message continuing in our series about being mystically wired is mystically wired, can you hear me now? And I think that was the Verizon guy, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who walked around saying, can you hear me now? I, I picture God often walking around with us, can you hear me now? And, and quite often, I don't know that we answer that question because we're not hearing. But as we've been talking about the idea of being wired for God, um, and just int- an introduction into our wiring, that, that humans um, are wired to communicate with God. We're wired to listen. We're wired to speak to God. We're wired to connect with God. Now, that's been sabotaged, and it's been maligned, and our wiring has been pulled in many different directions. And, you know, in the, in the absence of a God connection, we'll connect with anything, whether it's through relations or drugs or, or video games. We just connect. That's what we do. We are a connecting folk, aren't we? And so in that process, uh, a lot of that stuff really is using God wires. And we have to disconnect. And God has to do some rewiring of many of us to get us back to a place where we are actually able to hear him on an ongoing basis. Um, This wiring, as we kind of began to look at in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus delivers this very interesting message um, that really talked about how to please God, how to be, how to inherit the kingdom of God, how to have all things incredible. And what we found is it wasn't about knowledge and it wasn't about rules. It wasn't about those things at all. In fact, he never mentioned them. What he did mention is about being meek and about being humble, about being forgiving. He, he mentioned these things about loving others. And so he mentioned these things that are basically kind of going at it a different way. Uh, he, was a, he was approaching the reality that he wants you to actually feel different, not just act different. And he wants you to think different, not just behave different. And he wants you to understand it differently. And he wants you to respond differently out of those things. In other words, he wants you to be different. That's, that's where he's going with this. And that the old wiring won't work for that. The wiring he's talking about is you're going to be able, you're going to need to be able to hear, feel, and sense God in your feelings, in your thinking, in your understanding. God is going to have to have a level of activity in those places if you're going to walk with God. If you're going to connect with God and pull off anything at all in this world, it will have to be that his reality for you is in those things right there and that's what jesus is saying these must be redeemed not just your behavior these things have to find redemption in jesus if we are going to communicate with god and hear and respond in that moment you know sometimes our response with god needs to be instantaneous it needs to be spot on in that moment And so those things, he's reflecting this new way of how we communicate is no longer just through the written word. Now, I'm not violating the written word here. I'm saying that 
that the written word has to be a part of who we are. The connection of God's character in us has to become innate in us, has to become resident in us. And so we, we kind of get, went with these questions and we looked at how does God talk to humans? How does he talk to people in, in fellowship, relationship with him? How does he give you help in decisions of life? How does he do all these things? And here's the reality of these questions. They are talking about a God that must be real time. He must be able to communicate with you in this moment, right now, right here, as you're sitting right here. He has to be able to hit your mind in this moment and say, line three, that's yours. He's got to be able to do that. If we want to grow and heal and understand and be used and follow God, he has to nail you in the moment. And we have to be ready, willing, and able to be nailed in that moment. I would much rather have God, you know, challenge me on something than not say anything. I would much rather, you know, I don't want to say I want him to yell at me or something like that. But, but I, I want to know we're, we're doing this. And it's a safe and it's a real and it's a loving way that God is in our lives. It must be real time. What I introduced to you last week is something that by and large the church dismisses or even uh, challenges us not to go there. And that is, these are the places that God can hit you in the moment. Thoughts, your ideals, your values, your desires. All of this stuff can be very lost. It can be very corrupt. And that's why the church tends to be afraid of it. The church will say, don't trust your feelings. Well, that would really depend. That would depend on, is God operating in your feelings? Are you connecting with God in your feelings? God uses feelings. It's his choice. It's his prerogative. So we have to be okay and understand that feelings still have to come under under the watchful eye of the character of God and the scripture as it as it is produced and, and put before us. But when there is a particular scripture and God makes my feelings swell when I read that scripture. When the song was played by Never Claim, we were made for just, a t- such, just such a time as this. And that song just started resonating in my soul. That's God speaking to me. I feel it. When you're in love with someone, you like to feel it. You may not always feel it. You might even feel some other feelings about the one you love sometimes. But the point is, God wants to operate in the redemption of these qualities of your life. He doesn't want you to walk around with corrupt desires all the time. And we put a big X over them and say, stay away from the desires. They're all evil. Well, they might be today. But his intention is not like, Bill, you know, I'm really okay with you having really corrupt desires the rest of your life and fighting against your corrupt desires and following the word of God. 
He isn't okay with my desires being corrupt. He's not okay with your desires being corrupt. You know why? Because it confuses our listening. He wants to be a part of your desires. He wants to bring redemption in those. And he can. He has the power to do that if we allow him. Our convictions, our emotions, these are all things where God speaks in the moment, in the real time. You want to hear from God real time? There it is, right there. It's going to happen like that. So, if this is not redeemed, then that's where we begin. That's where God will begin. For many of us, um, we'll have a God emotion and we'll shrug it off. I don't know what that was. We move on. We have a thought of kindness. So that'd be a good thing to do. And then we forget about it and we go on. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever had that thought? It'll be like this for me. Somebody will come to my mind. And, and I think, I should text them. I should text them and tell them I loved them. This happened this week. That's why it's very fresh for me. I didn't do it. I think it was from God. I just got busy. I got busy and I didn't do it. I need to do that today. But it might have been time sensitive. You know, could have been. It's easy to dismiss anything that comes from here as not God. In Hebrews, it says, um, No eye has seen or ear has heard, but no human mind can, has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love them. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. And the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. The Spirit searching all things, even the deep things of God. Do you want access to the deep things of God? Because the Spirit is by God's intention that access. We read on. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Ah, the Spirit of God knows what he's thinking, knows what he thinks about something, how he feels about something. We are mainlining with God if we will allow the Spirit. That's probably a really bad illustration. But um, we are directly connected with the power of God in that way. We have received it uh, as not a spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand, so we could understand what God has freely given. It, God has freely given his spirit. Do we understand that? Do we really get a grasp of the fact that the very depths of God have been made accessible to us. And it was free. 
This is what we speak. Not words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. Words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Explaining spirit realities with words that the Spirit is providing. The person without the Spirit does not accept these things. They come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned, because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. When you look at this, it's saying, and, and in the uh, King James it says, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. They're spiritually understood. And if you approach God with logic, you won't understand him. You won't understand him. If you just use human logic, you will spend the rest of your life really trying to convince yourself that God is real and he loves you and he cares and he's engaged in your life. If you just use human logic. Talking about loving your enemies. It just defies human logic. It it is a road that ends in a bad place in human logic. That can't be discerned in human logic. It can't be understood. It will come across like foolishness because it's not understood with human logic. If you allow the Spirit to speak to you, you will be able to make judgment calls. You will be able to understand what God is doing in that moment. In a split second, you will be able to operate with him right out of here. You won't have to say, let me fast and pray. That's too late. You won't have to drop to your knees for 60 seconds and beg God. God says, it's right there in you right there you can do this you can walk with me from right here wouldn't that be amazing this is why Paul sounds so bold sometimes almost arrogant about the spirit it's because he's operating from right on the surface of his soul it's right there it's ready to go It says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Um, Yeah. Uh, Verse 15. The person with the Spirit makes the judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely humanity, merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I have his mind. Can I speak for Jesus? Yes, I can speak for Jesus. 
I absolutely can speak for Jesus. Can I, that's why I can speak with the authority of Jesus. It's because I have the mind of Christ in me. It's a powerful thing to be a vessel and a student of the Most High. And He is revealing things to you that change everything. You know, uh, I was uh, at the Houston Vineyard years ago, and uh, there were some people there that were praying for people. And there was a lady, she was, I don't know where she was from, California, Oregon, or someplace. And uh, I don't know the turn of events, but uh, I went up with a friend of mine uh, to get prayer from this person. I was really uh, struggling with just some things. Well, I was struggling with how my divorce happened. I, I was divorced years and years ago. And this lady starts praying for me. Don't know who she is. Her and a, a, a man, they were praying for me. And, uh, and I could sense the presence of God, but then she just stops and she stares at me. This is what she said. It wasn't your fault. I'm like, what? Because I have not said anything to her yet. She's just praying for me. She said it again. It wasn't your fault. She left you. That's what she said to me. Now, there's two things that happen in that moment for many of us. One, there's this sense that God is speaking. He's doing something. I'm very excited about that. There is another piece. I am terrified of this lady. You know, it's kind of like, okay, what else is he telling her? <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's, let's keep this kind of... In a very focused way, God. I knew at that moment, she hears God. She hears him. How did she hear him? I don't think it was a voice. I think she heard God in her knower. She heard a thought. An idea, it was a word, it was something that nailed very specifically the big question in my heart. It was the big question for God in my heart. And the thought that hits me, who is this lady? Now you see, that's a great place to begin with my thoughts. But the home run thought is, who are you, God, that you know me and you love me and you care about this feeling in my soul that for 20 years has been cutting me up? You care about that. That's amazing. All of a sudden you realize this is not, this is something serious with God. He speaks to his people for their good. The Bible, um, hearing God in the moment is uh, something that I think 
uh, is incredibly important because I believe that the moment is where the battle is won and lost. It's the moment. Nobody, nobody fights a season. You fight in a moment. You hear in a moment. You make a decision in a moment. Whoever is Lord of the moment is Lord. That's the Lord. Who is Lord? The one who has the moment. That's the Lord. And so, you see, hearing God in the moment becomes critical, doesn't it? Because you hear lots of other things in the moment, don't you? You hear lots of ungod things in the moment. In fact, uh, you know, the Bible teaches that God communicates with us in a number of ways. Go ahead. You can put the other one up. Uh, and if you look at the New Testament, we see dreams, visions. These are all just out of the New Testament. Uh, inner impressions. I call those thoughts. Um, angels, tongues, interpretation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment of spirits, preaching, teaching, witnessing prophecy, circumstances, uh, and even personal appearances. All of these things you see in the New Testament after the ascension of Jesus. And all of those, God is speaking. Now, here's the dilemma for the church, for us, for me. If these are, by and large, absent in our lives, then how are we hearing from God? How are we hearing Him in the moment? If, if, if it's down to this reality that I have a few scriptures that are resident that come to my mind at the right time, but for the most part, I just have this idea of what's good and bad to God. But, but there's no life being poured into my moment. Do you see that? Let, let me just ask you, how many of you would like any one of those in any given moment? Any of them, right? We're wired to walk this with God. That's how you and I are wired. Through Jesus Christ. I'm wired to get visions from Jesus and inner impressions that are his power, his authority, and his purpose coming alive in me. I'm a wired so that preaching on a Sunday morning, teaching on a Wednesday night can empower and train and transform me. I'm wired to do that. I'm wired to be able to receive God's presence and power through somebody here saying a simple prayer over me or telling about a verse. I'm wired for that to happen that way. And so are you. We're wired by God to connect with him and his reality and what he's doing in the moment right here. You see, rejecting these things or ignoring them or seeing them as amorphous. They're, you know, I believe in them, but whatever. I don't see them. Rejecting these things um, as, as other means of revelation, they shut off the important avenues of God in the moment. And because of that, our spiritual growth is stunted. And our opportunities are missed. Do you see that? 
You see that? That's because we ignored or we rejected ways that God speaks. Because it might be gray or complicated. You know, was that thought from God? I don't know. If you don't know, ask someone. I had this thought. Do you think it was from God? Ask somebody else following God. See what they say. I'll talk about that in a moment. So, I went over some of these last week. I'm putting a little meat on the bones. uh, And we're going to have some testimony about how this really works. All right? We're going to have some people share with you about how this really can work. One is, you really need the Scripture. You need to read the Scripture. God will speak to you through the Scripture. Now, if you say it's boring, it might be to you. If you say you don't understand it, maybe that's true. And I would say, if God is speaking, I'd work at it. I'd get a different version. I might ratchet up my persistence. Since it really is the foundation of God speaking. How many of us really ignore the voice of God written? Opening our wiring, the second point. By the way, those verses were from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I think. Opening your God wiring. In difficult moments, bring in God. You could expand that to say, in euphoric moments, bring in God. In lonely moments, bring in God. We could shorten and say, in moments, bring in God. Bring him in, bring him into the topic. Bring him in. God, what do you think about this? I've been waiting all your life, Bill, for you to ask me that question. What I think about something. Because I have thoughts. I hope God has thoughts on things, don't you? I never thought about that, Bill. Let me get back with you. It's just not his nature. He has a thought. And it's a good one. Bring God. You have to practice that. All of this is practicing. Opening our wiring to God is about practicing doing things that make us available to the way he speaks. The third one, places where you feel uh, flawed, weak, inferior, you need God in there. That will turn sour. That will produce bitterness. It will produce victimizing, victimization. It will produce all kinds of bad things if that isn't under God. Your weaknesses, the places where you're vulnerable, the places where you're broken, all these places, bring God into those places. He has something to say to you. He has things to say to you. He has thoughts. And they're all about your well-being. 
it's about you. It's all about you. How often can we say that? Talk to other God seekers about God's communication. Get others active in what you're hearing. Practice listening and responding to the voice of God. Practice. Practice it. What if the lady who was praying for me was a little bit intimidated and thought this might be wrong and she had not said anything to me? Do you know how profound that moment was for me? How life-changing it was? She took a great risk saying that to me. She took a great risk. And I'm grateful. I don't know her name, but I'm very grateful for her. Another key one for hearing God. Surrender blame and credits. We are a blaming generation. We love to blame and give credit. We just do it. Um, we look on Facebook and there's a, there's a contention, there's drama. We assign blame and credit. Who's the villain? Who's the victim? Give me a second. Let me read these posts. I will know instantly. We find ourselves doing the bidding of the enemy, not the bidding of God. I look at what he said, what she said. I look at these posts and I immediately decide what truth is. And I have to weigh in and give my opinion. But on those posts so often, on those rants, God is terribly absent. And I'm talking about with believers. He's terribly absent. And if I could put any post down there, I would love to say, what do you think God thinks? How do you think he feels about that person? I was talking to somebody over the weekend. And this person was talking about uh, these individuals who said they were Christians and they were heinously violent towards baby animals. And I won't tell you how, but it was, it was graphically horrible. And the statement this person made is, I don't believe there is redemption for those people. I just don't believe God would let them ever get into heaven. You know, more people think that way than you might know. There's a point where people just deserve to go to hell. So I asked this person, so where would you put that line? Is it baby animals? Baby people? Is it one baby people? A thousand baby people? Or is it maybe if you did those things before this age or you did some good things afterwards? Isn't that kind of what God does is he looks at people's hearts and actions and deeds. Is it our role to say who is unredeemable? 
do we want to go down your list and evaluate your list tonight? I know I do not want my list evaluated. You know, I don't even like it being evaluated by God. (laughs) But I'm glad he's the one doing it. But I don't want you to evaluate it because I don't know what you might do with me. He's out. Next. Test what you get with the scripture. Does it fit God's character? Does it fit God's passion, God's love? His purpose and his plan. Does it fit God? Test what you get. Here's what's going to happen if you try to do these things. You will find they're hard. When you say, I am going to surrender blame, you're going to find you can't do that. And you can say, you know what? I can't make that work. And that's where God says, of course. Of course you can. That's why you call on me. That's why we work together. You can't do any of this unless I'm a part of your life. And finally, commit your hearing from God to his glory. Is it really glorifying him? Does it really make him look good? Does it make you look good? Make somebody else look good? Does it make somebody else look bad? Because it should always make God look good. Always. Now, I have some stories. Um, I'm going to have Infinity come up. And this is actually uh, Donna Owens' story. Donna is downstairs. Um, uh, And uh, Betty, I, I... I'm going to have Betty share also, but before Betty shares, I would like for Betty to reread the scripture she read for communion. Please. It's Psalms 77, 1 through 15. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my, un- my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. All right. At your transition point there. Yes. You hear how he's, he doesn't want to be comforted. He's in a bad place. Life sucks. Things are bad. That's his reality. He did have a bad life there. Now, read the, pick up. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years. There's the thought hitting. The years when the Most High stretched out his hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. You see the transition? He starts in his reality. But he has this thought. He has something inside him 
that points him to remember the victories, the salvation, and the saving grace of God. And it changes him. I, I call that truth turning. We start in our reality, but we need God truth or it's not going to end well, is it? All right. Uh, Donna's downstairs working with our children. So Infinity is going to read her testimony. And these are Psalms. They're actually Facebook, but we're going to call them Psalms. Okay. The first post on Tuesday, September 2nd. Today has been a very long day. First, I want to say to everyone, please be aware of your surroundings. This morning, as I was leaving my apartment, I was forcefully robbed at knife point. He managed to push me back into the apartment and take everything I had money-wise and also took my wedding set. Be aware. Always I took for granted I was safe. I've lived here for three years and for the first time I don't feel safe. No one is safe anymore. Also watch around you. Don't take it for granted. I am in shock and disbelief. Not only did he take everything we had, but he took our peace of mind. That would take time to get back. We are not safe at all. Okay. That's pretty real, don't you think? I would say she's had a, a long day, a hard day. Rent money's gone, food money's gone, wedding set is gone, threatened at knife point. A hard day. That's true. All of that is true. Now, these are the thoughts that she had after she posted. At the same time, I am texting Dylan explaining to him that this guy has probably blown this money on drugs or he shot it all up in his veins. My anger and fear took over me, always wondering what I could have done differently. This man was crazy and evil. He did not know he just stole our rent money, our grocery money for the weeks to come. He was pure evil. Then it hit me. I had a thought. I had a very clear voice inside my head said, that said, this is not it. I stopped immediately. I heard it again. I looked at Cody and said, I have to delete this post. He asked why. I said to him, God's telling me I'm wrong. I can feel it. Maybe the man was desperate. Maybe he had a family like mine. Maybe he knew no other way to feed his family to survive. My hate turned to compassion, love, all fear gone. I immediately called Kimmy crying, explaining to her I have to delete this post. Go ahead. Now the second post following the deleted one. Hey everyone, I know I posted a long message about what happened today to me and my family. I felt I needed to delete it because I was having such negative emotions inside myself that the fear was overtaking me. I was sitting on the couch talking to Cody and texting Dylan about how this guy has probably already snorted or shot up all the money he took from us today. Then clear as day, I heard something tell me, that's not it, you're wrong. Then I felt warm, and all of a sudden, all the anger and fear and hate I was feeling for this man turned into compassion, and that maybe he had a family like mine, that he just knew no other way to put food on his table for his family. I'm not saying what he did was right in any way, but I don't think he realized he was going to get as much as he did. I feel God was working through me, that maybe this man who stole from me will have a life-changing experience from this. I prayed for this man today, and I blessed him. I hear you, Lord. I'm. I don't know if I heard it. <laughs> oh, I'm listening. Thank you, Lord, for giving me your peace in this. Pretty amazing, huh? 
You're how, when you put those together, it's just like David's psalm. Started out with that truth and that reality. But what is powerful enough to change that truth and reality is God speaking. And the words she used in her, in her testimony included feelings, thoughts, emotions, and it also included desires. She didn't use that word. All those ways that God can bring change in us. And so what Satan meant for evil, God produced good. And today, this man has at least one person praying for him. Maybe he has never had anybody praying for him. You see, God can speak in the moment. And that's when we have those When we have a day like that, when we have a moment, if we let God speak, we let his truth overpower our truth, his reality trump our reality. In that moment, it is a truth turning. And God produces life and healing. It's miraculous. Thank you, Finn. Uh, sure. Now I'm going to have Betty also share uh, a recent story of hers. Um, back in May, May and June, I was kind of struggling at work and was really felt like I was walking on eggshells and just wasn't comfortable. And on uh, June 27th, I had written a psalm to God, just pouring out my heart and saying, God, you know, kind of what, what's going on here? And what I wrote down was I said, God, do I stay here or do I move on to someplace else? And that was on Saturday. On Monday, June 30th, I got laid off. I felt like that was a direct answer from God. Not in that moment, mind you. As a matter of fact, it really wasn't until a few weeks ago that I realized how close those two things were. I knew I had asked God about staying or going. I'd actually kind of looked at other jobs, and I felt like I was um, being unfaithful, if you will, to my employer because I really liked my job, and I really liked the people I worked for and that kind of thing. But there were some things that were going on. So um, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised that that it happened. And um, so that day, that was a Monday, I came home, and, of course, I was devastated. And I told my immediate family, but I didn't tell anybody else because I I really needed to just process this. So the next morning I got up, and I just wrote and processed with God. But let me tell you the first things that I wrote. I wrote death, grief, failure, shame, loss of self-esteem, raw, exposed, sad, relief. And I really didn't realize I'd put that there either until I went back and read it. And so God helped me um, within 24 hours. He really helped me to process this. And he said, Betty, I'm with you. You asked. I made it very clear. This is, you know, where you are. And I didn't, you know, tell anybody until that happened on a Monday. I processed it with God on Tuesday. I came to church on Sunday. Nobody in church knew And I happened to see Carlos. Carlos was the first person because he said, so how's your week? And I just, 
well, I lost my job. And he said, really? You know, and, and then that night I told the leadership what had happened. But it was almost like, oh, that was so yesterday. You know, I mean, I'd, from, from Monday to Sunday, God had really taken me to a place, I'm going to say I've never been before. So, anything else? Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> you know, uh, Betty told me afterwards, she said, you know, I, I didn't want to tell anybody right away because I needed to process it with God. You see, it was still in that raw place of reality that was not yet redeemed. But she's walked with Jesus a long time, and she knows that's not where that story can end. So she sought God, and she invited God. She brought him in to that moment. And God did process it with her. And there was healing for her. And there was restoration for her. These, these are the places where God can speak. And this is where we change. Transformation, I believe, is stunted. Because we're just not willing to humble ourselves and hear God. We're not willing to hear that, I don't know, maybe God orchestrated her getting laid off. No one likes to get laid off. Ever. Even if we don't like the job, we don't like getting laid off. We really want to leave. <laughs> you know, we want it to be our deal. But God is about raising up believers who allow him to restore the wiring to the glory that it was created to be like. And in the moment, we hear. And in the moment, we act. And in the moment, we can say to somebody, that wasn't your fault. Because we know, or we think we know, How different would our lives be if God was Lord of the moment and we weren't just backfilling him at the end of the day? How would it be if God in the moment was pulled in and we were working to listen, even if we get it wrong? And we become real time with God because you're wired to be real time. God, if you could stand, please. <clears throat>